Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To that show I'll be honest with y'all uh, This week was a weird one for me How y'all doing? I feel like I don't have anything Really important to talk about Nothing at all It's like It's like everything is just gonna be Like quick hits It's gonna be a, a whole However long it's gonna be of just quick hits Cause I got nothing Nothing major happened I'm sure, Listen I'm sure it did for some of you I'm sure something probably came up that was Just earth shattering Right Or like blew your mind I mean it was the NBA All Star Weekend and That's that's important right eh, No it's not Not to me If anything it just validated two things Number one Uh I should I I'm gonna just stop predicting things to save myself the embarrassment. Uh, cause those of you who don't know, I said I don't know who's gonna win the three point contest, but I know Carl Anthony Towns isn't. <laughs> so confidently said it too. Like there was zero doubt in my mind, like, no way that guy's gonna win it. Like I know he's the big man. I know he can shoot threes, but no way. And sure enough. Uh, blew away the competition. Like, zero doubt, that's the guy. I was wrong. But we'll get into it in a second. Let's intro this thing, man. What up, Cyber Family? Welcome back. Those of you joining us for the first time, welcome. This is Sometimes I Be Right. I'm your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally. So like I said, man, I don't really have nothing major to talk about. You know, it's just, you know, one of those things. Uh, just one of those weeks, I guess, right? But we might as well jump. I got a lot of topics to talk about. Like, I got a lot of things that I want to talk about. We could call this quick hits. Let's get into it. Quick hits. Quick hits. So I want to start. I want to start probably what happened the furthest out, uh, Anthony Davis is hurt again. I believe it's a, a strain in his ankle, also known as uh, the usual for him. Look, I said it a long time ago, and I'll keep saying it. I don't understand. I never have understood the fascination with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis always, for me, seemed like greater on paper than like... In reality. Do you know what I mean? Like, I understand he's one of those guys who was trapped in, you know, uh, trapped on the Pelicans. So you're like, ah, they got a garbage team and blah, 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 blah. But in the same breath, everyone tells me how basketball is the one sport where one great player can elevate a franchise. He never seemed to really elevate the Pelicans beyond maybe getting the eighth seed. Right? And you know what? That's fair. That's fine. Not everyone has to be transcendent and take garbage and bring them to the finals that's not for everybody i don't expect that of everybody but i will say this when the lakers traded for anthony davis and basically made it known that they were gonna he was then gonna become the centerpiece once lebron got too old and decided to leave anthony davis was gonna be the guy to to take over and i always said bad idea bad idea it's it's the, number one, he's unreliable, both as a player in terms of is he going to come through for you? Is he going to be clutch? Is he going to put up numbers when you need him to? Or is he going to have one of those days where he's 16 and 5? Or is he going to have one of those 30 and 15 games? He's inconsistent. You never really know. It's like, ah, I don't know. He seems like if he's feeling good, if he's in a good mood, it's going to be great. If he's a little tired, you know. Maybe a salmon sandwich didn't come out as well as he wanted to, then he's not going to give you much. And on top of all of that, he's consistently hurt and is going to miss time. How is that guy the centerpiece? Now, look, I get it. You're L.A. You're banking on the fact that you have a really good player in Anthony Davis. And make no mistake, Anthony Davis is a good player when he's available and when he's locked in. Those two things, very iffy. Because he might be there. It might be available. But is he locked in? So you have him. So, sure. And you're L.A. so you can attract free agents. You hope. 
But what's happened in the NBA over probably the last, what, 10 years? The need to be in a major market like L.A. in order to be a star and maximize your marketing dollars is no longer as necessary as it once was. Do you know what I mean? Like you no longer, you could you could be, you know. I know Memphis is Memphis isn't like a really small town, but like John Morant's a star in Memphis. Like he could be that. He doesn't have to go to the Lakers to become a star. You understand? So with that, are you really going to get top tier free agents to come play for the Lakers if they feel like they have a better chance of winning somewhere else? Because you're pretty close to being Anthony Davis and a bunch of trash. Essentially recreating New Orleans, that whole situation all over again. You got a bunch of old veterans that are going to come off the books, going to be gone very soon. And then you got a couple of young guys, but then you're going to have to fill the roster with B and C players. And then you're going to have your centerpiece, which is Anthony Davis. And that's exactly, that's exactly what you had in New Orleans. Then he's going to get hurt, so you're consistently going to be battling just to be rel- just to make the playoffs. And you did all that for no reason. Like, if everyone's, like, the, the logic would be they didn't, they, they got what they wanted. Like, they made the trade, they gave up some assets, and listen, let's be honest, nobody that they traded... None of their young players were, like, can't miss guys. Or The best one is probably Lonzo Ball, and he's, like, a good B player. Not great, not bad, could contribute, isn't probably going to be the difference between winning and losing a championship. So you didn't give up, like, everything, like, something unthinkable. And the draft picks you gave up, let's face it, if you're in the position you want to be, which is... In the playoffs, you're getting a mid-round pick at best. And that's a crapshoot. You know what I mean? It's usually like two or three guys from a draft will be worth anything. The rest of them are kind of eh, role players. But that's the thing, right? So you gave all that up and you said, let's get a championship. And you got one. And you know what? LeBron comes to your team. You kind of, you know, you got to do whatever he needs you to do to win a championship. Because that's why he's there. And then when he leaves, you figure it out. You rest on the fact that you're L.A. But I just, I don't think it's going to work. I think Anthony Davis is a mistake. I think they need to get rid of him now. I think they need to look to move him ASAP. Take whatever you can get. Move him out of there. See you later. Never bought into it. So let's talk about, uh, let's get into some All-Star Weekend stuff. Number one, the game. Didn't watch it. (laughs) I had, uh. I had I had work. I had to do some some overnight work so I wasn't able to sit down and watch the game. I know it's kind of my job, right? Like I'm, if I'm going to come on here and talk about it, I should at least watch it. We know what the All-Star game is, right? It's basically 90% a joke. Guys running back and forth, launching threes, throwing some alley-oops uncontested, doing 360 dunks and crazy dunks in-game. And then when the game gets close to that cutoff, I don't know, what the, what's the number, 170? Something like that. Once you get to that cutoff of points, or it's like, I don't know, next bucket, whatever it is, when you get to the end, then they lock in. And then you have like five good minutes of competitive basketball. So I don't need to watch it. Now, my my thought always is, I don't understand why these guys don't play. Like, why don't you play hard? I thought that was the point. Mixing it up, like having the draft where you have the two captains draft their team. I thought that was literally because you wanted to have that playground feel. Where I'm going to take these guys, you take those guys, and we're going to run it. It's basketball. Like, you're just as likely to get injured going for a 360 windmill down the lane uncontested as contested now i'm not saying play like it's a game seven but play a little bit have some pride like if i'm if i'm one of the best players in the nba and so are you as a fan don't you want to see these guys like don't you want to see lebron playing with these other players like for real 
Like, see what that would really look like? Like, for one night, for one game, you have just this mashup of players who are just going at it. Like, why does it have to be so, oh, let's be friends and friendly and playful and just dunk, and the crowd goes, oh, oh, as if they've never seen a dunk before. It's not even impressive because there's nobody there. Like, you know, like, there's nobody contesting it. You didn't dribble into the lane. You didn't make a good move. You just, it's why people are just standing around. It's terrible. It's a terrible watch. And then at the end, it gets serious, and everyone says, oh, man, those last couple minutes, though. And it's like, yeah, but that should be the entire game. Like, that should be the entire game. Because it's the best of the best playing the best. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like like the competitor, the competitor in you should be like, no way am I letting this guy score. I'm shutting him down. Period. And the young guys who get a chance to play against LeBron should feel like, I'm shutting down LeBron. Period. You know what I mean? Now, LeBron hit the game winner, and it was like a thing, I guess. But, like, it's stupid. (laughs) It's stupid. Honestly. Nobody takes it serious, so neither do I. But the big draw of All-Star Weekend is All-Star Saturday night. Now, I'm going to give the NBA credit for one thing, and that is they are constantly trying to make things interesting and exciting and fresh. I loved the skills competition. I loved the team aspect of it, the the, the three-on-three. You had the, the shooting competition. and I loved all that. I loved the format. I think it was great. I thought it was fun. I thought it was awesome. Like the NBA is constantly trying to make it interesting for you. They understand on paper if we just do the same thing every year, eventually it's going to get stale, boring, old, and nobody cares. So they're constantly trying to reinvent and find new ways to make it interesting. But the one thing they refuse to do is get rid of the dunk contest. And there's a simple way to do it. All the NBA has to do is say, The dunk contest is consistently bashed online. From the fans, they express their disappointment in the dunk contest every single year. I cannot tell you how often it is that people talk about it's a disappointment. It's to the point where I literally fell asleep on the dunk contest. I wasn't even tired. But like watching Cole Anthony, who I love, I love Cole Anthony, I'm probably the only person in the world that would take Cole Anthony over LaMelo Ball in the draft and today, I still would, right? I love him as a player. He took 90 minutes to put on some Tims. <laughs> like, I get I get the idea of the dunk, like you're from New York, Tims are a staple in New York culture. I get it. But when you take that long to get them on, lace them up, and tighten them, and then go do the dunk, and then you take three attempts to get the dunk down, it loses all of the excitement or the shock value of, oh, he's going to dunk at Tim's? That's crazy. He should have had them already tied how you wear them with the tongue flopped over. That's He should have had them laced up ready to go slip them on and then go dunk. And that would have been more impressive, more exciting, faster we wouldn't have lost interest i lost interest and i couldn't have been the only one even the commentators were kind of you know not impressed and i think the excitement was gone because you took so long you took so long to get ready you should have just came out in tim's and just let people notice like wait a second he got tim's on it was dumb i fell asleep I was like, ah. and I woke up, and guess what? I didn't even go back and try to watch it. Because all I heard from the moment I woke up, driving into work on Saturday was, dunk contest needs to go away. It's terrible. It's bad. Every year it seemed like this was the worst ever. Then you go on social media, and they're roasting it, talking about how bad it was. Talking about this dunk one, are you kidding me? It's bad. And to be honest with you, as crazy as it sounds, I think people would be okay with that very same dunk contest with those same dunks performed the same way if they were being performed by bigger names. We're willing to forgive people if you're a star. Like, we would forgive LeBron for going in for a power two-hand dunk. Nothing fancy, just a really raw, rim-rocking two-hand slam. People would cheer and probably give him nines and tens. 
because of the of the star factor. But if you're like a lower level guy who we're not familiar with because you don't get the recognition on on national media, so we're not in your market, so we don't know you like that. Like you're not going to get that same pass or that same grace. So the NBA needs to say, all right, the fans are disappointed with it every year. So unless we can get marquee players to participate in the dunk contest, we're going to do away with it. So we're leaving it on the players. As of right now, the dunk contest for next year, X'd out. No longer exists. We're going to give it a rest for a while. And if the players step up and say, no, we want it, and you got your stars come out to say, we're going to do it because we, it means that much to us, then we'll open it back up and let you guys go do it. Otherwise, just let it be. And the fans ain't going to care. You think the fans want to see the they just At this point, you want to watch it as like a weird, like I said it was terrible. I said we don't need it anymore. And so I've turned it on just to be like, am I wrong? And it's like, nope, night-night, and went to sleep <laughs> right on the couch because it was trash. It was garbage. We need to get rid of it. I say we as if I'm part of the NBA. The NBA needs to let it go. Shut it down for a year and see what happens. Build up some demand. Get people saying we want it back. And then if it's garbage at that point, you can say this is what you guys have wanted. We tried to get rid of it. You wanted it. Put the blame back on the fans and give the fans what they want. And right now, the fans don't want it. They want the stars to do it. We don't want the C and D list level guys doing it. I love Obi Toppin, but Obi Toppin's not moving the needle. Obi Toppin, I'm a Knicks fan, and Obi Toppin didn't make me say I want to watch the dunk contest more. I wasn't even. I don't even root for the like. What do I care if you win a dunk contest? Nate Robinson won it two years. I didn't care either one. And his whole appeal was that he was little. That was it. But at least you had something, right? Like, what did you have this year? What X-Factor did you have? Some Tims? <laughs> like, that's not it. That's not going to do it. That's not going to do it. It's not going to get people excited. But everything else in the weekend, they, they did a really good job. I love the tournament-style uh, Rising Stars game. I love that they had, like, the tournament. I loved it. Like, new, fresh, interesting, exciting, different, Right? I like that, that they're trying to do those things to keep it, to keep me as a fan of the NBA interested and engaged in the weekend. It's about fun. It's about doing things interesting, smiling, laughing, competing. It's fun. The dunk contest is so stale. But I love, my favorite event is still the three-point shootout. I love it. Right? And I came in and I said, Carl Anthony Towns is not winning. It's one thing you know for sure. And I said, I get that it's novel. He's the big man. He's going to shoot it. But ain't no way he's going to win. And he did. And let me tell you something. Carl Anthony Towns is one of those guys that I don't like. But I don't dislike either. I just don't feel like he's great. But I also don't think he's bad either. I think he's a solid player who will have moments in games where you'd be like, yo, this guy's great. But he's solid. I mean, Jimmy Butler was about to throw hands, put hands on him, so something's missing. <laughs> he got he got a he got a nice shot. <laughs> His shot's smooth, man. Smooth as eggs. Like, it was impressive. I was impressed. I was impressed. And I was wrong. My apologies. Hey, cat, cat man. <laughs> My apologies. All right. My apologies. Whew, I was wrong. Um, let's. I want to stay in basketball. I'm going to get off basketball in a second. Uh, but I want to stay on basketball for this. Um, I was listening. I, I had read, actually, I read a headline saying that LeBron announced that his last year will be um, his son's first year in the NBA. And that would be like his last year playing. And then doesn't matter where he has to go. He'll go play anywhere. It's not about the money at that point. He just wants to play it with his son. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Holy cow. What a genius move. Now, let me explain. I'm not 
Uh, I'm not really into college basketball. Uh, I'll say I, I will root for UCLA and always will. Uh, because when they had Jason Capono and Matt Barnes, I was I really root for that team, right? I love Jason Capono. That was like my kind of guy, white dude, headband, shooting threes. Come on. It was like me. <laughs> I was like, that's me. He wore 24. I was like, yo, this is this is my idol, right? Love Jason Capono. All right? <laughs> Three-point shootout winner. Legend. Anyway, so I will always root for UCLA for no reason. I don't know why. I just always will. If they're in the tourney, I'm rooting for them. Oh, I called it tourney. <laughs> if they're in the NCAA tournament, I will be rooting for them. Ohio State, sure. And Xavier. Xavier is another school that I'll root for simply because I like their name. I wanted to name my firstborn son Xavier. Uh, the wife vetoed that. And we had to settle. We had to compromise his first name. My son's first name is now what I was originally going to have Xavier's middle name be. We had to compromise. It's part of part of marriage, guys. It's compromise. But anyway, so I'll root for them because I love the name. I'll root for Ohio State because I got loyalty. Boop, boop. OH. And then I'll root for UCLA because they had Jason Capono. And I don't know. I just feel like if I were a basketball player, I'd want to go play at UCLA. But I'm not a college basketball guy, so I don't follow it. I'm sorry, we got off on we got off on a rant. This is what I do. My apologies. Bring it back. Reel it back. So I don't follow recruiting, but what I will say is this. I could not escape LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball was everywhere, right? I could not escape Zion Williamson. Could not escape it. Didn't know who it was. I just heard the name, saw the highlights. I couldn't open YouTube without stuff coming up. Uh, Who's the dude? Um, Matt McClung? McClua? McClua? McClunga? Y'all know who I'm talking about, the little white boy that was nasty in high school. Tyler Hero. I was seeing highlights of him in high school. I had no idea who these guys are, but you couldn't get away from it. Those were guys that were highly recruited. That was it. I'm not hearing nothing about Bronny. Right? And anytime I do hear something about him, it always seems like, boy, he's good. Uh, but he's still got to grow into, you know, his skills. And I think, all right, from a guy whose father is, for some, the GOAT, uh, if nothing else, one of the greatest players of all time, he's been getting professional coaching and training from birth, from day one. You want to play basketball? All right, we're going to have you with the best shooting coaches, the best personal trainers, the best nutrition. You got every advantage. For you not to be hands down, by far the best player in the country mm, says a lot to me especially since you're lebron's kid so you would automatically get way more media attention than anybody else just off the rip so i've realized by lebron saying my last year i'm gonna play wh- where whoever drafts my son only i don't think he cares about playing with his son i don't i think it'd be cool but i don't think he's like I'll do whatever it takes to make that happen. I think what he's doing is guaranteeing that his son will get drafted. That's right. If Bronny ends up going and playing a year of college and comes out and people say, "Eh, you know, I'm not really going to draft him. Right? If the buzz or the feeling is, nice, he's all right. I don't know if he's a draftable player. Someone's now going to draft him. Because if you think about it, if I'm a franchise, even if LeBron's 40, 41, even if he's trash at that point, even if he can if he could play eight minutes a game, you're gonna be the franchise that has like the first father-son tandem on the same team. They're gonna be on the floor at the same time. You're gonna have a father throwing the ball to his son on a basketball court. Something we've never seen. You're immediately going to get every TV deal, every primetime game, you're going to be on it, right? You're going to be on it. You're going to have so much media attention, so much press. You have the greatest basketball player on your team. At that point, he might be ready to start eclipsing records, right? It's kind of like that old baseball thing where you get the guy who's close to hitting his 600th home run, 
Like, he's on your team, so when he does it, he's in your uniform. Like, it's like a thing. Like, that could be LeBron. As he's setting records for most points or whatever, he's on your roster now. You get that. You get that uh, that hype around your team. You get that boost in ticket sales. It's LeBron's final year. So not only do you have that sideshow of father-son duel, but you have this is LeBron James' final year in the NBA. And you don't have to pay him much. Because he don't need the money at that point. He don't need the money now. If you gave him $5 million, he'd be fine. Well, I don't care. I just want to play with my son. You're drafting my son. Thank you. And you're going to give me $5 million. Thank you. To me, and I don't know if anyone else is seeing it this way, I think LeBron knows and sees the writing on the wall to say, I don't think the league is going to gush over my son the way that I would hope they would. And maybe there's a chance he doesn't get drafted. So let me say this. Let me put that out there. And somebody somewhere is going to draft him. And then once he gets his foot in the door, then it's on him to take it from there. But I'm going to at least do my responsibility as a dad to make sure that I can give my son every opportunity to succeed. I think it's brilliant. I think it's genius. I think it's awesome. Now, listen, I could be completely wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying if you're asking me, someone who's not deeply involved in the situation, like somebody who probably pays attention to to basketball recruiting, high school's basketball, is probably looking at like, no, 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 he's really good. He's he's legit. Maybe. I don't know. But I'm just saying from an outside, from a casual who doesn't really pay attention to high school but has been flooded with other high school players, just me, just thinking in my brain, I feel like that's what's happening here. And I think it's genius, and I'm all for it, and I applaud LeBron. As from one dad to another, salute, man. Doing that, if that's the case, that's that's awesome. Get Use your power and your leverage to get him the opportunity, and then let him go from there. And if it works out, great. If not, it's on him. But you did everything you needed to do to make sure he was in a good position. That's what every parent wants for their kid. Speaking of kids, <laughs> let's talk about Jawan Howard smacking somebody. Oh, man. Listen, when I saw this, I laughed, right? I laughed incredibly hard. I had no context. I didn't know. I was claw- crawling into bed, exhausted. ESPN was on the TV, and all I saw, the TV was so low because I was about to go to bed, so I couldn't really hear nothing. But I just saw the video of him pointing and then like smacking <laughs> it almost looked like he was trying to grab like and palm his head and then somebody pulled him away it was the weirdest most awkward exchange ever and what's so funny about it is i was like i bet you this altercation is all over something stupid and sure enough it was wisconsin was up big on michigan it was clearly the game over Late in the game, Wisconsin calls a timeout. Jawan Howard didn't like it. Thought that's kind of disrespectful. Why are you calling timeouts when you clearly got the game won? Let's just get it over with. All right? So after the game, they're going through the handshake line. He about to walk by. He mad. So the coach kind of grabs his arm to say, yo, hold on, man. What you doing? Jawan Howard then lets loose. Don't touch me. Don't put your hands on me. Now, listen, I get it. As a man, if I'm mad, don't don't you grab me, right? Don't grab me. But at the end of the day, you're not just some dude. You're a coach, bro. You're representing a whole community, a whole university, a whole brand. you on TV. You can't be going out there acting crazy like that, ready to throw hands with somebody. you got to have some self-control. So things start getting heated. He, wow, pops the coach. <laughs> Next thing I know, players just throwing hands. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, luckily, it didn't escalate too far. A couple punches got thrown. A couple people got clocked. He's been suspended for the rest of the regular season, as far as I know, as of right now, which ends up being like five games. Which is like, all right. Now, listen, as of right now, the, as of this recording, he hasn't been fired. The only punishment has been the five games. So I would say. Do I think it's enough? Uh, I, I mean, I guess. You know, 
I'm tempted to be like, it, this is a situation where it should go from, well, don't punish the guy. If he knows he did wrong, just say, listen, this is the type of stuff we can't have. We've had an in-house conversation about it. We let him know. There is now a zero tolerance policy. We're moving forward, right? We will get in touch with Wisconsin. We will make whatever, if anyone got hurt, if anything happened, whatever it is, we'll make it right with them, right? And that's it. Do you really need to suspend a guy? Because I, I had this weird thing, like, they're all grown. Jawan Howard is a grown man. If you think he did that and doesn't realize he messed up, you think five-game suspension is going to make him be like, oh, I guess I messed up. If he don't know he messed up without the suspension, then he ain't going to know it with the suspension. So isn't it kind of just trying to do something for a show? And honestly, as a fan, do you think him being suspended for five games makes a difference? It doesn't change the fact that it happened. So if you're not, if the guy didn't lose his job, then telling him to stay home for five games is what? That's just a show. Let's get rid of the show in sports. Let's stop. Let's stop making it seem like these universities are so based on integrity. Come on. No. No. You guys got forced into allowing players to make money off their own image, even though they're on TV on a nightly basis. You put these guys on TV, try to get the fan base to know who they are, and then sell the jersey of their number, take the name off the back, then why do they wear the name on their back during the game? Because you want people to know who they are, to fall in love with them, to fall in love with their story, do all this stuff. But then you wanted them to not make any money off of that? Just you. Okay, so now you're the moral police who are going to come in and say, Juwan Howard should have a severe punishment because you can't behave this way. Why? Who are you? It's just a lot of hypocrisy going on. Now, listen, we're human. And hypocrisy is part of our DNA. It's just the way it's going to be. I get it. And I'm not saying he shouldn't be punished, but what I'm saying, a part of me is kind of just like, it's all for show. And we don't care. Like, are Michigan fans really sitting there thinking, ugh, this is terrible. This is disgusting. Are you kidding me? Uh, you know, Penn State had that whole scandal uh, and still sell out games on Saturdays. I'm just saying. Fans don't care. Right? Like, fans care about on the field. Give me a good product, great. On the court, give me a good. If Michigan's winning, eh, we don't care. Jawan Howard can go smack a coach every once in a while. We're cool with it. We're winning games. <laughs> and in fact, I hate Michigan. And I'm still looking at it like, yo, that's kind of cool. You got a coach that's ready to get busy. And not only that, but you got a player. You have multiple players on that team who are ready to get busy in defense of their coach. That lets you know the players love that coach. That's what I took away from it. Oh, he bowed about it, and the players know that he bowed about it, and they riding with him too. That's beautiful. I hate Michigan with a passion, but hey, he doing something right. That was my takeaway from it. But that's just me. I'm a weirdo. Let's move on to some NFL talk. Uh, I know stuff's going on with the combine where they were trying to change some rules or do some bubble setups, and the the, the agents threatened to to not have their players show up unless they made these changes. So the NFL said, "Whoa, we better make these changes," and they did. Because why? The NFL puts the combine on TV. It's a big deal, and I can't wait. Players report on the twenty eighth, and I'm all for it. I can't wait. Love the combine. Uh, I'm going to tell on myself now. I'm going to be like that kid in school who uh, like didn't have the homework done and the teacher didn't ask for it. And the class is over in two minutes. You're two minutes away from getting away with it. right? Because even once that bell rings and the teacher says, oh, by the way, pass your homework up before you go, you could just run out and be like, oh, I didn't hear that. Right, and then some some snot nosed kid, too too good, some goody good to some good. I can't speak. I'm getting, I'm having flashbacks. Yo, I'm getting transported right back in that moment. Some goody two shoes decides, hey, uh, do you want to collect the homework from last night? And you think, oh my god, I could I could throw you through this through the roof right now. You'd be so mad. But I'm gonna tell on myself. Uh, I was supposed to have the top defensive ends and defensive tackles in the draft according to me 
Uh, and I didn't. I don't have it. <laughs> this past week uh, kind of flew by. I didn't have the time or mental space to dedicate towards doing that. But I'm going into overdrive for next week, y'all. So I'm going to have it next week. But I'm still excited for the uh, combine. A lot of things are going to change. We're going to see a lot of these quarterbacks throw. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see what the conversation is about him. I think Kenny Pickett is going to show some bad qualities. He has to, right? I can't be so off about him. And Matt Corral, the more I think about it, the more I like him. I got him, Bailey Zappi, right there neck and neck. And then I'm interested to see some of these receivers that I watched. How do they run? Did the guys that look slow come up as slow? The guys that look fast come up as fast? Some guys drop, fall, what, you know, all that. But anyway, I don't even know where I was going with that. Oh, I got it. We were NFL talk. <laughs> so Aaron Rodgers um, caused a stir because he put out uh, a post on Instagram where he was being uh, showing a lot of gratitude. And if you read it, it read a lot like, like a like a goodbye, you know, like a goodbye message. Um, and it, it really read like that. It really read like I'm done. I'm leaving. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it. Why not? Hey, Aaron Rodgers, I'm giving you a little pub. I know you don't need it from me. You got plenty of followers. But he said, uh, "Here's some dot 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 hashtag Monday Night Gratitude for some of the incredibly special people in my life." With some pictures from the last beautiful year. At Shailene Woodley. Thanks for letting me chase after you the first couple of months after we met. And finally letting me catch up to you and be a part of your life. Thanks for always having my back. For the incredible kindness you show me. And everyone you meet. And for showing me what unconditional love looks like. I love you and I'm grateful for you. To the men I got to share the QB room with every day. Matt, Nathaniel, Luke, at Jordan 3 Love and at Kurt Benkert. Huh? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you guys made every day so much fun, and I'm so thankful for the daily laughs and stress relief you brought me every week of the year. I love you guys. To the Friday crew, a bunch of names, a bunch of names, a bunch of names. Not gonna say them. I loved every moment we got to spend together this year. Your love and support was overwhelming, and I cherish the friendships I have with each of you. To my teammates, Past and current, you are the icing on the beautiful cake we call our job, football. The friendships that we have will transcend our collective time in this game, and I am so thankful for the role that each of you have played in making my life that much better. I love you guys, and cherish the memories we've made. To everyone else, spread love and gratitude, you beautiful people. And read a book once in a while, too, while you're at it. Love and peace, heart, heart. I want to say yuck, but the sentiment is really beautiful, right? <laughs> like, what a, what a nice message, right? Show some gratitude, just having a moment of reflection. So, of course, once he put it out, everyone started saying, whoa, is Aaron Rodgers retiring? This sounds a whole lot like a goodbye message. Uh, it's been great. Thanks for the memories. Mwah. Then he comes out and says, uh, no, no, I haven't made a decision about playing next year. Uh, that was just, you know, I came back from a retreat and I was feeling a lot of gratitude and I just want to share it. It's never a bad time to show gratitude. Yeah, yeah, Aaron, you're right. Unless you're Aaron freaking Rodgers and everyone's waiting on you to make a decision about what you're going to do for next year. Are you going to demand a trade? Are you going to stay? Are you going to retire? The Packers are doing everything in the world to try to convince you to stay. Number one, if you know that if you're Aaron Rodgers, you have to be way more self-aware. Or understand that we're not stupid. So if you want us to believe that you're a smart guy and an enlightened guy, which you clearly are, we, you know what you're doing. Okay? You're having some fun with this. Whatever. But don't play all stupid like, oh, oh I was just showing gratitude, guys. What, what are you? You guys are way overthinking this. Ugh. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. Did I ever tell you that? <laughs> Not a fan. And this whole, the Packers doing everything 
in the world to keep him and make him happy. Again, I say to you, like I said in the beginning of the season, why? 2009 was the one and only time Aaron Rodgers led the Green Bay Packers to a Super Bowl. They've never been since. 2009. Hey, uh, was that a year ago? Oh, no, it's currently 2002. That's 22 in Spanish. <laughs> but it is currently 2022. 2009 is when you went to a Super Bowl. And, and the words of Herm Edwards, hello? Why are you bending over backwards to keep this guy? Who last year clearly made it obvious to you, I'm not really that invested. I'm not really sure what I want to do. I just want some time off. And then is coming back this year and saying, I haven't made a decision. On whether or not I want to play. I haven't made up my mind. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Like, hey, bro, uh, we got the combine coming up. We got pro days coming up. We got the draft coming up. We need to know, are we building around you or do we have to go with plan B? And they're going to wait. And they're foolishly going to wait around and say, Aaron gets to make that choice. Whatever he wants to do, we support him. No. Is he under contract? Yeah, right. He's still under contract. Out of here. Shipping him out. I'm trading him. Who wants him? Give me a one and a two this year. And we can even make a conditional. If I trade him to your team and he ends up retiring, you can keep the one. Just give me a two and a three. I'm, that's it. That's all I need. I'm good with that. Now, everyone says, oh, you can't trade Aaron Rodgers. Why? Again, I say to you, at some point, wh- why are you so afraid to move on to the next chapter? It's going to happen. Hey, I got news for you. Hey, Green Bay. There's going to come a time where Aaron Rodgers is going to say, I'm done. No longer want to play. Whether that's I don't want to play for you or I'm retiring, it's going to, the, the transition is going to happen. Okay? Maybe instead of it happening on someone else's terms at a time when you're not ready, how about you be proactive and you do it on your terms? And you dictate, you know what, we're going forward now. What's our plan? Let's develop our plan. Let's stick to our plan. And let's move forward. Let's not be sitting there thinking everything's cool. And all of a sudden, last minute, hey, retiring, guys. Pew, pew, pew. Now you have a whole team built to support Aaron Rodgers and he's no longer there. Now the guy that you're putting into his shoes doesn't fit whatever else you got around him. Maybe he needs something different. So you dictate the terms. And again, I say to you, if we're not getting to the Super Bowl and we're not winning Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers, then all we're getting with him is really good seasons as far as record goes, really late first round draft picks and nothing else. And hey, next year, next year, there's a young guy by the name of CJ Stroud at the Ohio State University who's probably going to be coming out. And he is going to be considered one of the best quarterback prospects in a very long time. He's going to get that old, he's one of the best I've graded since Trevor Lawrence, even though I was like a year ago. But he's going to be in that class with the Andrew Luck class. I'm telling you, this guy is going to be graded incredibly high. Because in his first year starting, he showed great anticipation. He was throwing the ball to a spot, not waiting for a receiver to get open. And that is really, really crucial for a quarterback. And you hear it every year in the evaluation process. He needs to work on his anticipation. Or this guy has great anticipation. It's a big word that they use. It's a big thing that quarterbacks need to do. And C.J. Stroud has it. He is a quarterback. He studies it. He's trying to be perfect at it. He cares about it. He's competitive as all get up. He's a quarterback. He's about putting the ball in the right spot. Now, if I am Green Bay, I say, hmm, we got to get that guy. And he's coming out next year. If we get Aaron Rodgers, we have no shot at drafting him. Right? So let's trade Aaron Rodgers and say, look, best case scenario. I said this in the offseason. I think they should have did it last year, before the last season. 
best case scenario, Jordan Love turns out to be really, really good. And guess what? Then we don't need C.J. Stroud. We have a really good quarterback. Yeah, C.J. Stroud might be better, obvi. <laughs> but if we're Green Bay and our quarterback plays really well, okay, and we end up going 14-3, and three, <laughs> almost got me. If we have a really good record and we go deep into the playoffs and we feel like this guy is really good, then guess what? We're set. Now we just move forward the same way you did when Brett Favre retired or when you had to move him out of town because he was too indecisive and you felt like, let's move forward with Rodgers, and this is what happened. Best-case scenario happened for Aaron Rodgers. He turned out to be really, really good. But if Jordan Love, worst-case scenario, stinks and he's garbage, then your team is really, really bad and you're in play for that number one pick. Or, if nothing else, you're in play for a top three pick, maybe top four. Then you can kind of maneuver your way into position to get that number one quarterback next year, which next year is going to be a really good quarterback class. So what are you afraid of? You're afraid of what it looks like to the rest of the league that these idiots got rid of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, because we didn't win anything with him anyway. All he was doing was getting us close. And that was it. Getting us close. And that's it. Well, I'm done getting close. I either need to be there or I need to be far away from it so I can rebuild to get there. As long as you have Aaron Rodgers, you're kind of in this weird holding pattern where you're going to stay very stagnant. You don't have the draft capital to get significantly better and you're in Green Bay so you're not attracting free agents so you're kind of stuck in this middle ground of hey what we were last year that's exactly what we're going to be next year hey we came up short last year we're going to come up short next year and I guess what I guess what I can tell you guess what I can guarantee you bring back Aaron Rodgers and the same thing's going to happen next year you're going to come up short because your team not good enough to win the Super Bowl and there's nothing you could do about it because you have to hope that you're hitting on late first-round draft picks to become really good starters. And the chances of that happening year one, really not good. You're probably getting a second-round talent in the first round because you have to draft somebody. So you're overdrafting a player, and then you're expecting him to perform at a high level, and it's like he wasn't good enough. He wasn't supposed to be drafted there anyway. So rip the bandit off, control the terms, dictate it, stop letting him dictate things, and let him move on. I don't understand why they're bending over backwards. I never have, never will. Sorry. He could be as great as he wants to be, but you haven't won a Super Bowl. You haven't reached a Super Bowl since 2009. The guy's been there 16 years and you made one Super Bowl. Just saying. It's bad. You could trade him and then go pick up Jared Goff. <laughs> Look, I tell you, I'm rooting so I'm rooting for Jared Goff to go somewhere. I just hope that somebody gives him an opportunity to say, yo, we like you. We want you. We support you. Hey, Washington. Hey, Commanders. Go make a play for Jared Goff. He's better than what you got. And your team is really good, really well set up. Go make a play for him. Go make a play. <laughs> Thank me later. My last point I want to get to, uh, and this is this is near and dear to me. Uh, so, somebody ring the alarm. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Ring the alarms. Ring the alarms, everybody. We got a new one. We got a new one. This it's it's annual. It's the annual. Uh, it's the annual greatest of all time conversation, right? Every, okay, every sports year, every sport that ends um, after the championship, you have a, a guy who's now introduced as one of the greatest of all time, one of the greatest we've ever seen. And we got a new one, and his name is Aaron Donald. All the conversation since the Super Bowl is Aaron Donald is one of the greatest defensive players of all time. He's in the Lawrence Taylor discussion, Deion Sanders discussion. <laughs> I call BS. Now look, 
Now look, you know I'm a draft head. Right? You know I'm a draft guy. Aaron Donald coming out of pit. I wanted the Cowboys to draft him. Obviously they were drafting too high. Or too low, I guess, in this case. And he went before them. But that's the guy that I wanted that year. Aaron Donald, clearly a really good player. Clearly in the NFL, a great player. You guys mean to tell me that Aaron Donald, a guy who only ever gets talked about by, like, real deep, deep football guys, has a good showing in the Super Bowl, and now all of a sudden I'm supposed to put him in the class of greatest of all time? Greatest of all time. Let me tell you something. Deion Sanders changed the game. Right? Made the cornerback a shutdown corner, made that a thing. Now everyone's looking for a Dion. He changed, he took away half the field. Right? Still to this day considered better than everybody else at corner. Lawrence Taylor changed the game. Changed the game. Like, 100% things are no longer the same because of LT. Ray Lewis, great, great player, right? Like, there's so many great players. There's so many guys that you consider greatest of all time. For you to say that Aaron Donald, a guy who, yeah, like, he's great. He's a great player. But why does he have to be one of the, like, the greatest of all time? The greatest. I Guess what? Next year, we ain't talking about Aaron Donald no more. It's going to be off to somebody else. Because guess what? All this year, nobody was talking about Aaron Donald. They were talking about Micah Parsons. Right? Talking about how great he was. They were talking about a whole host of defensive players. Aaron Donald wasn't talked about. Nobody cared. Nobody thought about it. All of a sudden, you get to the Super Bowl. You have a good game. Everybody's watching. Now, oh, that guy's great. You see what he did? He took over that game. Against that offensive line. When all week you told me that the Rams' defensive line is going to dominate, then the guy dominates, and now validating that he's the greatest of all time? The greatest defensive player? We got a new one. He's the newest one up. The newest one up on the list. The newest guy to be crowned as greatest of all time. It makes me sick, man. Guess what? The NBA Finals are going to have it. NBA Finals are going to have it. When that happens, the the guy who plays the best, he's going to be. Is it now time to start talking about him as the best player in the NBA? They did it with Giannis. Right? With Greek Freak. They win the title. Is he Has he surpassed LeBron and KD to become the greatest in the NBA right now? Like, I don't. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? Why? Why, why, why? Why can't we just celebrate somebody's accomplishment and what they did and give them credit without making everything such a dramatic, such an overpowered statement of, well, he can't just be good. He can't just be really good. He can't just be great. He can't just be one of the best of his generation. He has to be, no, 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 no. He's better than everybody. Like, stop. Stop. Not everybody's worthy of that honor, of that distinction. Now, listen, Aaron Donald, really good. Best defensive player? Come on, man. Come on. And then I would say, oh, he doesn't even have, he's not even high in sack list of all time. And they would say, well, he plays in the middle and it's a lot harder. He gets double teamed a lot. Okay. Okay. Is Aaron Donald better than Warren Sapp? It's a real question. Is he? I don't know. I'm not saying he is or isn't. I'm just saying, like, these are, like, you could look at defensive tackles and say, all right, there's other guys who have gotten double teamed a lot. Now, listen, Aaron Donald is really good. He's really, really good. He's great. He's a Hall of Famer, for sure. If he retired tomorrow, Hall of Fame, no doubt about it. Great player. Loved him coming out of college. Love him in the pros. Great player. But you think he's he's a better defensive player than Dion? You think he's a better defensive player than Lawrence Taylor? 
Bro, you crazy. You crazy. Stop. We don't need to crown everybody as the greatest just because we saw him do something most recently. Right? We don't. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Credit him as being what he is, a great player. But that's it. When he's retired and when all his numbers are compiled, if you then want to look at him and try to compare him to some of the greats, cool. But for now, why? How do we have to go there? I refuse to. I don't want to anymore. I said on numerous occasions, I just want to watch LeBron play and not have to worry about the GOAT conversation every single day. Because remember, that's supposed to be fun. You know what? Let's transition over that. This isn't off topic. I think you all get it. Aaron Donald, I don't think he's the best of all time. Okay, great. I don't think you do either. Okay, great. So we can move on. I was, I was, I was listening um, to, to Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp debate over the GOAT conversation. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Again, I got hit with a ton of bricks this week. The GOAT conversation is supposed to be fun. Like, all of this stuff is supposed to be fun. Look, sports supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to watch the game and win or lose, have fun. You're supposed to sit with your friends, drink a beer if you choose to, drink a soda if you don't drink a beer, whatever it is you're drinking, cocktail, whatever it is you want, and enjoy the, It's entertainment. It's like going to a movie and walking out the movie mad because it was bad. Like, dude, it's just a movie. You're just supposed to watch it and either like it or don't find it. Were you entertained? Hey, whatever, cool. Now listen, maybe another day I'll get into Fifty Shades, the Fifty Shades trilogy. <laughs> was it a trilogy? Did they split the last one? I think they split the last one into two, right? Was it? Nah, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I saw all of those movies in theaters with my wife because I had to take her because at some point I'm going to call in a favor and I'm going to be able to remind her that I I took her and paid for it to see those movies. And I've never been more furious coming out of a movie than I was coming out of those movies. We'll get into it another day. But outside of that, (laughs) that's forgivable. Sports is supposed to be fun. Debating over whether or not LeBron or Jordan is the GOAT, we're not supposed to be at each other's throats. We're supposed to be having fun. It's supposed to be fun. It's it's interesting. It's fun to talk about. There's no right or wrong answer. To be honest, I think Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Why? Because I think Michael Jordan redefined the standard. I think Michael Jordan has redefined to everyone what it means to be the GOAT. Michael Jordan transcended the sport. Michael Jordan changed the sport. Michael Jordan is a brand. Michael Jordan will be forever. Michael Jordan sneakers still sell today. Michael Jordan will always be associated with the GOAT. And if you watch The Last Dance, it will remind you that he is the GOAT. And a and hundred years from now, somebody's going to play The Last Dance, and they're going to still say, whoa, that was different. He's the GOAT. But if you want to say LeBron's the GOAT, like, you're not wrong. You could say that. You could make your argument. If you want to make the argument that LeBron James is the greatest player of all time, you could pull up stats. Look at all the numbers. He's going to end up with better numbers than Jordan in almost every category, for sure. Right? And you could, you, you could make the argument, and you wouldn't be wrong to make that argument. And as much as I'll argue with you and say you're crazy, the reality is, is no, you're not. That's just your opinion. There's no right or wrong answer. It's personal preference at the end of the day. But when we talk about quarterbacks, who's good, who's not, when I talk about Aaron, it's all, this is all fun. It's all supposed to be fun, not to be taken serious. Nobody should be getting hurt over it. Nobody should be screaming at each other. Nobody should be disrespecting each other. we just having fun. If it gets a little emotional, gets a little passionate, that's cool too, but that's all fun. You dap it up at the end of the argument and you say, hey, man, good job. It's fun. We take this stuff too serious, man. Sports, supposed to be fun. Have fun with it. This show, for me, was about trying to bring the fun back to sports. Having these conversations, it's just fun. It's fun to have conversations. It's fun to think outside the box. LeBron James kid, I don't know if he's good enough to get drafted. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sitting there trying to criticize the kid. I'm just saying as a parent, it looks like he's doing a solid as a dad. That's the kind of dad I would want. Yo, get me in an NBA, bro. Let me let me get a shot and I'll shine or I won't, but at least I get the shot. Yeah, I'm going to milk my dad if that's what the case. <laughs> if my dad was in the NBA, you better get me drafted. What are you talking about? But it's just fun. It's just lighthearted. Aaron Rodgers, don't like him as a player. I don't know him as a guy. He's probably a cool guy. Who knows? It's fun. We're going to talk about it. We're going to debate about it. But I promise you, at the end of everything, dap it up. We cool. Just, I just want to remind everybody, have fun. Be silly. Make a joke in the middle of a debate. If the sports debate gets heated, 
make a joke. Right? Bring up something silly. Remind yourself, remind your debate partner, hey, man, this is all silly. Aaron Donald being called the greatest defensive player of all time, what's that mean? You guys are playing a game where the point is to run into each other as hard as possible. That's the game. Aaron Donald runs into grown men for a living. That's what he does. I'm going to run into this guy and make him fall. That's what it is. It's stupid. Boil sports down to what they are, their bare form. It's stupid. But it's entertaining. It's fun. We enjoy it. Have fun. That's my time, y'all. Listen, I appreciate y'all for joining me again for another episode. Hope you had a good time. If this was your first time joining me, listen. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you come back. Listen, follow me on uh, all social media at uh, John Farris 24 uh, Listen, like, comment, subscribe. Let me know what you guys are thinking. Let me know what you like, what you dislike, what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear, all that stuff. Let's let's connect. Let's build up the community. Let's build up Cyber Family. Merch coming soon. Listen, I'm working on some stuff behind the scenes. When I launch, I want to launch proper. I don't want to give y'all no no half-ass stuff. I don't want to give y'all no weak sauce. I'm trying to give y'all the heat off the rip. So that's coming. YouTube, prepping all that. That's coming. Big things happening this year. I promise you. I thank you. Have a blessed week. I'll see y'all next time.